You're listening to Extra Textual. This is a show where we talk about an idea, concept, theme, trend, and relate it to some kind of media like film, TV, video games, books, music, and hopefully discover something about ourselves or our culture along the way. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the show. I'm Eli Steelage, and with me is... Jeremy Holliday. And on this episode, we are talking about animation in the streaming age. Yeah, animation in the streaming age. So we're talking about how streaming, specifically streaming services, Netflix, Hulu... Uh, Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime have affected um, the animation industry and yeah. what we're sort of getting in the form of animation. Because we're definitely experts about that. Totally experts. Totally. Yeah. yeah, we're animators, right? Yeah, yes. And yeah. and industry experts of all those things. We do watch things, though. Do we do watch we things? Do watch yes. We watch animation. Critical, critically, watch them uh, so specifically, we're going to kind of jump off this conversation a little bit or center it around yeah. The Dragon Prince. The Dragon Prince. Um, which was recently released on Netflix, yep. and we've both enjoyed. I really yeah. love this show. Uh, I do. So. I mean, and so, uh, uh, full disclosure. Mm-hmm. Um, you are the Dragon Prince. I am the Dragon Prince. No, I'm a cute, he's a cute little dude. Have you seen episode nine? <laughs> yeah, I yeah super cute. Yeah. We so the people so the the reason why I got interested in it was I, mm-hmm. the internet told me that um, uh, the folks who had done mm-hmm. uh, uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender yeah. and The Legend of Korra mm-hmm. uh, were doing a new show and yeah. it was going to be on Netflix. And uh, in, in our household, like amongst my me and my sons mm-hmm. family, there like there are a couple shows which are are just you know like kind of like the top three. Like yeah. uh, Ben Ten is mm-hmm. is. Like arguably one of our favorites. Um, okay. It's written by, uh, written and done by a group of folks calling themselves Man of Action. Um, they're fabulous. They also mm-hmm. did uh, their biggest commercial success. Big one was um, Big Hero Six. They did mm. the movie oh, yeah, for that. That's really good. Yeah, it's fabulous. I mean, they're uh, the writing is great. I mean, they're. I mean, the the, the conceit of the show is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, they're great storytellers. Um, it's really entertaining, and mm-hmm. and the story progresses over time, and it's really fun. Um, also, like Avatar: The Last Airbender, um, which was made first, and then The Legend of Korra, which happens much later. Um, yeah. They were both fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also uh, Legend of Korra a game made by Pinnacle, the same people that did um, Transformers: Devastation, which is they're both fabulous they're games. 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 They make really great, um, uh, like kinetic hack and slash games. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the closest for those who are old school gamers is Bayonetta, which I I don't actually like that game. <laughs> um, but the gameplay of it is really interesting, you know, and, okay. and, and su- super entertaining. I mean, like, yeah. you were, like, locked into it. Um, mm-hmm. and, they all, and they all have, one of the sort of signatures is that, like, you have some kind of, like, dodge move that sort of slows down time. Oh, yeah. Which is really, you know, like, so if, you, if you're, like, if you're, like, hitting those moments, you're sort of, like, going much faster than the bad guys. Hmm. Anyway, and so, like, I mean, we, we have, we watched all the Avatar stuff when it, was available, I think, on like Amazon Prime. It's not there anymore. Yeah. Um, or was it's not, it's not free anymore? So we got we, when the second time we watched it, like we got it from the library, mm-hmm. public library. Um, and those are like there's we don't own them, but like yeah. there are things that we'll probably buy in the near future, like yeah, just yeah, so we have yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things, so one of the hallmarks I think of the of this writing this sort of creation team is they they like they don't they're, like after the last Airbender, I think three seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not seven. It's not. I mean, like they, yeah, they, yeah. they and, and they tell a lot of story in that space, mm-hmm. and they sort of divide it up into books and categories. And well planned. Uh, yeah. yeah, it seems well planned. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't waste your time, and that's right. the thing. Like, you can't really miss an episode. 
like you you yeah, got you got to go back because like a lot that, yeah. like something happens in every mm-hmm. episode. It's not like woohoo we're Seinfelding. Um, <laughs> so when I heard they were coming out, that I was like super excited. I told my kids. I think mm-hmm. we watched it like the day that it came out. It actually it was one of those things where like we looked on Netflix and like the page was up, but right. you but you wouldn't play. And we're like, yeah, I like this network. I'm like out. I don't know. I don't know. So yeah, uh, the Dragon Prince. Yeah, I, I think I had heard maybe even a couple months before because they did yeah. release a trailer yeah. early on, like a teaser trailer. And so I did also show my kids and I was yeah. like, this looks pretty cool. Yeah. And by the way, the uh, recently got an uh, 4K television. Oh, yeah, yeah, you with your big TV. And it's large and it, it looks really beautiful in there, yeah. I have to say. The colors really pop and yeah. uh, the backgrounds are great. Uh, but yeah, I think early on I'd also heard that before it was even released that it did it did kind of stand out because of the sort of planning and work they did yeah. going into it um, which I think you also see with The Last Airbender yeah well I mean it, it, and you also see this with Ben 10 too I mean I think mm-hmm. there's something about um, I don't know it's a sense you get when you enter into these worlds mm-hmm. where you're like did I, did I miss something yeah you know like and and it's not like um it's not disorienting. Mm-hmm. It's just immediately so interesting. Right. And I think, you know, it's like if, if I think about like great animated storytelling or great storytelling mm-hmm. in general, like you have um, like the opening 20 minutes of Up, you know, yeah. I mean, you have an entire film's mm-hmm. worth of emotion packed into this first 20 minutes when no one talks, right? Yeah. Same thing with Wally, you know, right, like right. this, all this stuff in there. Um, and you, you just watch the like opening seven minutes of mm-hmm. The Dragon Prince and you're like, there's there's like there's already a, a massively epic story that already happens right. which yeah. is in, very interesting and mm-hmm. mysterious and we're entering this tiny little part of it right um, and I this is one of the things that I've liked about animation I don't know if it's like unique to animation mm-hmm. um, but the ability to like tell a broad story and a very specific story because you can you know like I, it's just like cheaper yeah and I, I mean I don't you know like I don't but it's like if you want to have like you want to do the opening shot to mm-hmm. like Lord of the Rings when you show like the great battle the last right. great battle of elves and men like yeah. that is your budget right, right. <laughs> right? That's that a, is yeah. all your extras that is like mm-hmm. a year's worth of building chain mail it's a right. massive bit but in animation yeah, it's about no the problem. same price yeah, I, think. Yeah. I mean and I don't again, I mean animators out there please tell me wrong <laughs> but I mean like it's it's, it's, it's a little it, more work but right yeah, you know like it certainly like it requires more planning and artistry and probably mm-hmm. more animators but it's not the, the scale is not different right. Right. you know like you don't you're not an indie filmmaker that films a, a live, mm-hmm. you know, 10,000-person battle complete with Muma kills and charging right. Rohirrim, right? That doesn't happen. Right. Um, you can talk about it. Yeah. Um, and so from the very beginning, the, I'm, like, utterly interested in the story. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was surprised how much character development there was in yeah. just those first couple episodes. There's definitely yeah. action and, like, mystery and intrigue and stuff, but yeah. they also spend so much time building into even like the king character yeah who Fabulous. spoiler dies he dies um but yeah like they build like this um dilemma moral dilemma in yeah. him that i think you normally just don't get with like kids shows yeah and i mean all the characters but even things that they i noticed as the show progressed they would like come back to and say oh you know almost like hey remember this thing about this character what is it Ezrin the prince later he kind of says like I'm not a normal kid right I don't get along with people and then you realize like oh yeah he did act funny like they established that in the first couple episodes 
So that level of investment in story and character, I think you just don't see. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's like some, just some things that I like about it. Here's Mm -hmm. a list of them. One, like (laughs) they lie to you in the opening. Yeah. Right. The Dragon Prince was not killed. Was not killed. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, And uh, you know, I mean, watching it a second time with my kids, like I realized that that happened. You realize that they lied in the second episode. Yeah. But but watching the story for the first time, it seemed like forever. Right. Right. You know, like that. Like they totally. Um, And I just have to like some of my favorite when I think about some of the stories that I like. Many of them have a noir theme, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, the beginning of The Wire Mm -hmm. is when like Jimmy decides to give a shit. When it's not his turn. That is yeah. the basis of the entire show, <laughs> right? Like, mm-hmm. my so-called life starts because um, Claire Dane's character decides to dye her hair crimson yeah. gold. Right. You know, like, mm-hmm. and, and her changing her hair color is the inciting incident into this right. fantastic world. Mm-hmm. And so the inciting, you know, and so the inciting incident in The Dragon Prince is, like, this would-be elf assassin who chooses right. not to kill someone. Right. Um, and it, it both is really interesting mm-hmm. certainly because we, she sort of voiced like we're not entirely sure why that's a big deal until later right um, and it's a theme in the show mm-hmm. about people trying to like ha- prevent this massive mm-hmm. killing yeah um, and Viren's character is a, g- a great complex practical yeah. bad person mm-hmm um, and I like the uh, the way in which magic works in this world or whatever, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think they really play that sort of villain character both ways. Because I, I definitely believe when he goes to the king in those early episodes, he's genuine. He, like, wants to talk to him and say, hey, aren't we friends? Yeah. Let's, like, talk through this. Like, I, from his perspective, he's like, I think this is the best thing to do. Yeah. And he's trying to come. But then, like... And he's not see, wrong. Like, right. all those guards will die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, and we can see in a real way that he sort of gets turned to sort of like the dark side even more. You know, like he gives in as yeah. like, well, if the king's going to throw me off like that, my friend, then we can't do that. Yeah. One of my favorite animes of all time, um, the Full, full Metal Alchemist mm-hmm. Brotherhood. Yeah. You know, one of the sort of like dark truths mm-hmm. that you learn mm-hmm. through the story. And this is whether you father, like, whether you, whether you follow. Full Metal Alchemist, the original or the original TV version, yeah. or Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which follows the, the like the comic book more, mm-hmm. is like ultimately like the power to do fantastical alchemy mm-hmm. comes from like taking people mm-hmm. and turning people into or transmuting mm-hmm. like human essence into something. You know, yeah. and, and, you know, in some it's the it's the key element in the creation of a philosopher's stone, like mm-hmm. a crap ton of people <laughs> i mean for the i mean you know like i whatever i'm not going to spoil the whole thing for you but like yeah. you know like what you stumble upon is this like multi-generational plan of like mm. m- million turning millions of people right into uh, a single ritual for power mm. um and so you know and like it's haunting like yeah. and it's fabulous in it and the, the 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 interplay there, like in the Dragon Prince, is in some some of it's in Claudia, mm-hmm. and also in Viren too. He's mm-hmm. kind, but he's killing things. Right. Like all of his power, and and we know that all of dark magic, and they don't like beat us over the head with that every time. Yeah, but all of dark magic involves taking life from one thing mm-hmm. for yeah. using it for for Something use for else. another purpose. Yeah. Sometimes it's killing things. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like, and you know, what do we make of that weird butterfly thing? You know, like. Yeah. 
you know, uh, is Viren the original person who did dark magic? You know, mm-hmm. and, and so and like in the 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 king's righteousness about rebelling against the quicker, shorter method. I mean, and these are yeah. all like there's there's such a um, like perennial, evocative character mm-hmm. to the magic to the dark magic in particular. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like what does like you know, when Luke asked Yoda like, yeah. and was it? I think when he asked Yoda, like, is, you know, is the dark side stronger? And he's like, no, it's like quicker. Yeah. You know, like, in a sense, like, that's what, you know, like, that's what the dark magic of Viren is. It's mm-hmm. practical. Right. Um, it's, and I think, I mean, that's that's pretty heavy stuff for, like, a kid's show. Because, again, when we get those sort of debates with the king, yeah, the king is kind of saying, like, it kind of got us a lot of things on the right. human side of right. stuff. But he has that kind of dilemma inside of him and saying, well, maybe we need to think about how we right. did this and we can still change. Yeah. Like there's a chance. And I think that's a really like political idea. Yeah. I mean, these days that, you know, like what we're dealing with in America, just like through history, yeah. that people could have changed course when they were go- using things in the wrong way. Yeah. But do they choose to do that? Sometimes right. they do. Sometimes they don't. Um, and that's really fascinating. Yeah, I mean, and I think like I mean the issues dealt with in Avatar: The Last Airbender Mm -hmm. and and Korra, which is for a slightly older audience. Essentially, I think the people that watched Mm -hmm. Avatar and then sort of grew up a little bit. I mean, they don't shy away from morally challenging arguments, Mm -hmm. and they're not they're never they're not simplistic. Like Viren isn't evil, right? You know, I mean, like that like that's a he's going that direction. Well, but like, but I mean, true. Like he he probably. But so he probably is, mm-hmm. but also like, I mean, he's not a. Um, this is funny. I'm going to say this out loud. He's not a cartoon bad guy. No. Right. I mean. Yeah. No. I see. Yeah, he. Yeah. He. Like. He. In. In. Even his. Like. It's. It's not even. Not. It's also not super clear. Like, what does he want? Mm-hmm. Like, what does he want with that egg? Right. Like, I mean, we yeah, get the we, we get the sense he's going to use it to do dark magic. Mm-hmm. And but. He's he, the things he probably says are true. Like it mm-hmm. probably is going to be the strongest being in the entire world. Yeah. Right. And yeah. they're not wrong about that. Mm-hmm. Um, the only problem is that like there are enemies with it. Like they yeah. don't have to be that way. Yeah. I mean, um, I think Claudia is a really fascinating and like becoming one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Because I think she it also shows this like heavier thing that she's caught in that worldview yeah like i don't think she's particularly bad or evil or trying to do bad things by any means but like that's what she knows because of her family her father i mean that's what she's raised to do this magic and that's the perspective she has and she but she's also like really witty and nerdy and fun yeah um i think also what's appealing about her too and i think this is like the the show the craft Mm -hmm. craft of the show is that like she doesn't like her evil is seen in like visually the way she does magic. Mm-hmm. Her eyes turn black. Yeah. She kills things. Yeah. She doesn't talk about that. Mm-hmm. Her father doesn't talk about. It. They don't conceive of their magic in that way. Right. But we as the viewer do. Yeah. I also like what they do with Soren. I mean, he's kind of like a jackass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like he seem like in his simplicity, he's sort of wrestling with this task. Mm-hmm. Spoiler: like his dad says, he has to go kill the princess. Right. Um, watch the show. <laughs> uh, but you know like he he wrestles with that in a way that his sister doesn't and mm-hmm. she wasn't given the same task right, um, right. she was like eh, you know you may have to lose your brother yeah you right. know and maybe there's some sort of logic plan so um, but there I hear, here's the thing so like here's the thing we always say like, like wow mm-hmm. streaming has allowed the possibility of like kinds of animation that we've never yeah. seen before and all that stuff is true mm-hmm. um, uh, and I think 
what I would, and I don't want to say the same thing we always say. Yeah. I'm gonna, I, I have two, two points. Okay. One is, um, I, I think, uh, how about this? Check this out. Mm-hmm. I don't I mean, that's, that's, that's very presumptuous. I have but, a view on this too, yeah. Um, I think, like, in the old model, mm-hmm. networks, bundled cable TV, yeah. satellite, shows would compete Mm-hmm. to get in that space. Yeah. And I think it's very different in now like channels or I mean I, I don't even Whatever know what the, you want to call them, yeah. Yeah, like these media outlets mm-hmm. are now competing for viewership in my life. Yeah. You know, and it's like, like and and time, and yeah. the shows because I mean and, and for, the model is I think changing some but for a mm-hmm. long time I mean no one would I mean this is like common knowledge, right? Like the way you when when you could buy just HBO, mm-hmm. they had to have a single show. So like, which was going to cause you to buy HBO because right. if you wanted to just buy it because you wanted to have it, yeah. like there had to be a specific thing, you mm-hmm. know. And so there's the cultivation of shows. The same with AMC, like yeah. they, they developed this, sort of this flagship system mm-hmm. of shows. And I think that has gone on some time, but even yeah. but it's even fragmented beyond that, mm-hmm. such that like Game of Thrones is Game of Thrones, like. Uh, not that I watch it or care about it, but um, <laughs> people, you know, people are going to buy Game of Thrones mm-hmm. um, wherever it is, right? You know, right. and so like, and I think this is sort of, and this is sort of what they run into with the Expanse. I think one of, one of mm-hmm. the biggest reasons why I'm not, I'm not alone in thinking it's why the Expanse failed or was canceled on Sci-Fi is like they didn't have streaming rights, yeah. so like there, there is no way that Sci-Fi is going to agree to watch this when like their viewership is not on the Sci-Fi channel. Like mm-hmm. they they need to own this content they, they need to have mm-hmm. rights and they didn't have so I mean like it was a, a system I think doomed to fail I don't know if it was planned that way yeah. but it was no way that was going to work yeah I mean I think um, I see the same thing because I was going to when thinking of sort of what's working in streaming for animation what's not working and I like one of my first thoughts a show I really like is Rick and Morty yeah and I've always watched it on streaming but I like thought and I was like oh that's not a streaming show it's a cartoon network show yeah. like Adult Swim but I think that it's mainly seen its popularity in streaming. Yeah. Like, I think it's uh, people I've worked with and stuff, um, young people too, I think they just, like, watch it on repeat. They yeah. said, like, they watch it multiple times. And how do they get that access? They're watching it through, like, Hulu. Yeah. Um, through that streaming service. So I think even those sort of animation in traditional circles is yeah. gaining from the bingeable aspect of streaming yeah. when they reach there. But I think you're right that we're going to start to see some fallout in how that system works that they're not getting all that money necessarily from that or that audience, the people making it on the network. Yeah, I mean, I just, like, I mean, I prognosticate and say that mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, like what we traditionally would think of as channels. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I think that they're going to probably morph more, yeah. and they already are. Right. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. like Netflix has a, morph into more like the, what used to be like the traditional um like Hollywood production studios, yeah. where like it's it's a product, you know, like it is, it is not so much the delivery device, but the mm-hmm. creation of the content which does it. Because I mean, like, yeah. and given, but here's the thing. So I made this. This is sort of point two. Mm-hmm. Like I made this argument to a friend of mine, and I remember sub point. Yeah. I remember having an argument with a argument discussion with a friend of mine, Ryan Koo, who uh-huh. like started NoFilmSchool.com. I went to school with, and we were at a wedding several years ago, and <laughs> probably like probably like six years ago. I don't know. Uh-huh. Anyway, and I was saying like you know like someday we're just gonna be able to buy a la carte, right. you know, channels, and he's like never gonna happen. You know? <laughs> and I mean like I he's a, like I, I'm he's done a lot. Of, he's like very much more involved in media than I am. Yeah. But I mean I think what what he was saying at the point was like. 
like there's such a there isn't like a a new monetary model for the thing that I was talking about. Mm. And I think we're, I think we're at I mean I think we're there. I mean yeah, I think right, right. you know I mean when you when you even when you differentiate between like HBO Go and HBO Now mm-hmm. and you can customize the, your level of participation in this stuff like yeah. and when a, a vast I mean I don't know numbers but like lots mm-hmm. of people like everybody I know yeah. is like watching most of their stuff through streaming because one you can watch it whenever you want and you can watch it on your device. There's all this stuff mm-hmm. that you don't you know and like in cable companies sure. are struggling to like you can watch it on your you know like right. struggling to offer that service as a way of mm-hmm. getting people in. Um, uh, uh, I think though so this is the thing so I was like yeah. inside of that context there's always this I had an argument or discussion with a friend mm-hmm. of mine last weekend about the Spider-Man this new Spider-Man video game. Yeah. Exclusive it's for really PS4 right. everyone mm-hmm. th- it's like Top notch, amazing. I haven't played it. But I was like, yeah, you know, I'll just play it when, like, you know, we get like the console independent version. And he was like, never gonna happen. Mm. Um, and so his point is like, in some sense, and what 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 happened to me immediately when I real when, when he said that was like, oh, like if we isolate like the the economic choice mm-hmm. of when money leaves my hand to go to someone else. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, and like there, there there are plenty of people who bought the Nintendo Switch just to play. Mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild because it's right. worth it. Right. I bought a 3DS just to play Fire Emblem Awakening because it's <laughs> worth it. It's literally worth having a $200 machine to run mm-hmm. this $50 game because it is that good. Right. Um, and and I would suspect actually that um, uh, like that is essential. Like that exclusivity mm-hmm. is probably going to re- remain over time. Mm-hmm. And like in, and as much well, I mean I don't know. I you grumble at it, but I mean I think <laughs> that like as long as there is like. How about this? I'll formulate it this way. Mm-hmm. Like, in order for like a PS4 to be viable, mm-hmm. it has to have exclusive content. Yeah. One of the reasons I say this is, um, I'm an avid user of Steam. Mm-hmm. I'm like you know in the minority in loving and use, using and loving the Steam controller. Yeah. Um, I also read the various uh, news that Steam puts out, and they talk often. They, they release numbers about mm-hmm. stuff. And I don't know if anyone. This is a super boring article, but <laughs> an article about like what controllers people were using for their games, the state of the track. And it right. was like number one was Xbox 360. Right. Below that was the Xbox One, um, and there was a couple others in there. But the one of the I think number four was like the new um, uh, Nintendo Switch Pro controller, mm. which you know like they added in you know interface so it can work with it. You know, yeah. Steam is down there like in the other categories. <laughs> it's a fantastic controller. It utterly changes how you play games, but not everyone is a lover as much as I am. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it was like, you know, for a lot of games, like you consider like Fortnite, which you mm-hmm. can play on an Xbox One and on a Steam machine and on a PC and on a Switch. Yeah. Like what actually differentiates it? I mean, it, it, it is, and Fortnite is a pioneer in sort of cross-platform mm-hmm. stuff, but like the thing that differentiates it is primarily the physical controller. You know, yeah. you know, like the, the right. thing that it, like the, the, the one it, yeah. difference. If I took a if I took a picture of my son and mm-hmm. other kids playing, it's like actually physically the hardware mm-hmm. which differentiates it. Yeah. Um, and I know that I mean Microsoft has like I mean the X like the new Xbox One S controller, like the second edition one, is like probably the finest interface <laughs> device ever made. Yeah. Um, for that kind of stuff, I mean right. it's it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and, really and perfected. Yeah. yeah, and they set out to do that, mm-hmm. right? And they were already the standard. They set out to make it better. Um, but I think that there are these, I don't these sort of tangibles that are part of um, these companies that like that'll probably be the thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, or, or what I mean is like. Um, um, 
if it's not those things, it's going to have to be exclusive content. Because if you don't have exclusive content, there's nothing to differentiate the playing experience. Like the difference yeah. between like Xbox One and the computer and the Switch is literally the thing you hold in your hand, which mm-hmm. like is not a compelling reason enough to own a system. Yeah. And I think the same is true with um uh, yeah, with like streaming and content. Yeah, I mean, I think I've been saying for a while when we started to see, like, say Netflix putting so much money into original content. Yeah. And originally, you know, they just bought contracts yeah. with already existing companies for yeah. their content. But they did see that shift of both, I think, the industry seeing the value in Netflix, what they were doing. Because before yeah. they were like, yeah, whatever, you can use this for, for the service. Yeah. We'll get and extra like, money. Whoa, wait yeah. a minute. What do you, how much you making on that? Yeah. So, and I think they are sort of front-loading their system by spending all this money so that when that sort of, like, bottom falls out of yeah. licensing that, that content, that now they have this full library of things that hopefully people yeah. want. And I think some of the balance for them, like you said, is they have to have that thing, like HBO, that draws people in. They have to have the Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, and... And somewhat, I think now it feels a little bit like Netflix is throwing things against the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. Um, in some ways, and, and they've tried to have bigger deals and stuff like that. So, you know, I don't know what's all behind that, but I think, you know, obviously things like Stranger Things have connected with people. Oh, yeah. But uh, I think something like the Dragon Prince hits that sweet spot of like quality and entertaining. Yeah. And appeals to different audiences. Yeah. Um, but I think there is also something in there about the shift from traditional networks have to have something with broad appeal. You know, yeah. they're only I mean, going to have the, a couple yeah. animated shows. Right. And for them to keep them going, they need to be completely successful with that broad audience. Right. Whereas something like Netflix, I think... What I like about the Dragon Prince is, at least in the U.S., compared to, let's say, like, Japanese animation, we don't get, and I would call this in the fantasy genre serious, even though the show is pretty, like, funny and lighthearted sometimes, but, like, they treat that world very seriously. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I don't think we really get that in the U.S., hardly ever. Like, there's a few points in time that we latch on to, whether it's, like, you know, the Dark Crystal or... um, you talk about something like Kroll or something yeah. like that. Like these small things that were like, oh, that was like they were going for straight fantasy. Yeah. And we don't get... It's not really popular normally, so... Yeah. I mean, I... I mean, I'm going to say something really stupid, <laughs> which is like... I mean, it just seems like so... said so many times it's cliche, but it's mm-hmm. like... Like my son has never watched... None of my sons have watched anything, I think, on regular television. Yeah, my kids... And so them. like... Yeah. The idea, like, it, I would deem it impossible to to create a television show mm-hmm. that they would watch on television. Mm. One, I don't have cable or whatever. That would like a network would pick up. Yeah, like they would want to. Yeah. Like they they could not reach them <laughs> as a demographic for mm-hmm. either delivery or advertising mm-hmm. if they did it on a regular network. Mm. For the fact that we don't watch television. Yeah. Also, like, I mean, there's just, I mean, I I don't even know how to describe it or say it, but like. They watch stuff on their own schedule. Mm-hmm. Our, our lives are not organized around watching a show at 7 o'clock. That mm-hmm. ship has sailed, yeah. I think. And yeah. so, like, if, if you're going to reach this generation of kids, mm-hmm. it has to be streaming. Mm-hmm. I mean, you may, you may do it elsewhere, right. but it has to be. I mean, that's interesting that you say that because 
we may see the first development coming from the other end that there's going to be this big Disney streaming service. We already have the Disney Channel. Well, but yeah, Disney, yeah. Um, but I think they they are seeing that and saying like, well, our audience is shifting. They're not subscribing to cable. Um, no, these young they, families they stream it, yeah. and so we have to create that kind of service. That yeah, no, and, and this is like even I mean, though it might be a lot of the same kind, right? You know, and, and it's like I mean, I like they've lured me into Disney XD several times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I, I, I left many times because of performance issues. It, mm-hmm. Like it ran horribly in all my systems. Mm-hmm. It was chock full of like Disney garbage. Yeah, you know, like I don't want to watch the shows. I want to watch Rebels. Like that's yeah. what I want to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, I'm gonna watch it for a year. Yeah. Um, you know, actually, I'm just gonna spend the money to buy it on Amazon or iTunes because I just want to watch it. Yeah. Um, I, you know, and like I wonder, like I mean, I, I, and the counterpoint I always think about is like you watching. Um, uh, the new uh, Twin Peaks, you know, yeah. in sort of the serial format. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it also is one of those things like in woodworking, I'm like, I'm, you know, like, I mean, I given I, I love like my, you know, traditional plane, which I use for stuff. Yeah. But it's like, I use it because I want to. I mean, mm-hmm. I do think it's the best tool for certain jobs. Right. There's a lot of jobs. Like, mm-hmm. if I sand it by hand, it's because I want to. Because yeah. like, I can use a machine that will do it in a hundred times this time, mm-hmm. you know, a hundred times less the time. Yeah. So there is sort of like a, just like a nostalgia, like, um, I'm going to wrap it in a brown paper package because I can <laughs> yeah, thing yeah. to watching it. Um, but I mean, I do think though, I mean, well. I mean, I don't know if this exactly touches on our topic, but I think there is this trend. I've seen enough um, writing on that. Uh, you know, HBO's subscriptions go way up when Game of Thrones is on yeah. for those weeks. And then people you know, cancel the service because yeah. that's the thing that they're coming to it for. And I think Twin Peaks was kind of similar. And even what they were attempting was like, we'll get people in the door to Showtime, which is not as big a subscription as yeah. something like HBO. And hopefully, you know, a certain amount of people will hang around or we can like swing that into, hey, you have to watch this other must watch thing, you know? Like, yeah. Um, but I think ultimately what the reality is they're seeing this swing up and down. Yeah. Um, of those specific properties. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just, I mean, for me, like, I, uh, I, what, what I think about when you say that is, like, it's just, like, tuning in, mm-hmm. except you have to pay for it. You know, right. in some yeah. sense, it's, like, it's the kind it's of thing demand, that, yeah. like, ABC would have loved to have, you know, mm-hmm. the ability, because, like, because you can track the data. Right. Because you can, like, the if people people pay for watching. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also means that, like, you, and again, like, coming, coming back to this, so, like, the point of where money is sold, like, the yeah. thing that, like, I, I, my son talks to me all the time about like well, how does Netflix make money, and I'm like, because like, they, they have so many things, you know. Like, how <laughs> yeah, can, yeah. You know, and I, in some sense, I'm like, I, I absolutely understand your perspective. I, I don't know, right? <laughs> you know. He's well, like, they, they, they pay every time money at this point, yeah. right? Yeah. But I mean, it's like a well, yeah. I'm so glad that it's there. Um, <laughs> right. But I think part of the thing is that like. You know, I just think back to the... Because it's like the subscription. Like, mm-hmm. I think back to the moment I subscribed to Netflix. Like, mm-hmm. when was that? And, like, I mean, I'm not super old. But, like, yeah. I subscribed in the pre-streaming days. Right. You know, and I you yeah. know, I remember going yeah. from one disc to two discs. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I have a friend who, like, would do four. And I was like, you're crazy. Like, $14? Right. You know? and, I mean, and originally, they threw it in with the mailing. Yeah. It was like a bonus thing, like, oh, by the way, you can stream stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? And, and yeah. Do, do, I mean, do you remember when they tried to launch Flickster? Mm-hmm. That failed. Yeah, that's, that's like the Cube iMac. Right, you know, right, right. Yeah. It overheats and doesn't click, click, click disk. Yeah. Yeah. 
horrible. Yeah. It was out for I think I mean I don't know out for one day. Right before he's like really my bad, my yeah, bad, yeah, sorry. our bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Never, well, never mind. Yeah, never, never, never mind. mind. Um, but you know, like I, you know, it's like I, I bet there are people that study it and know, mm-hmm. you know, like that that whether it's like this flagship model or something, like mm-hmm. you, you choose to do it for one thing. Yeah. Right, you know, like I get you choose to buy the Nintendo Switch to play Breath mm-hmm. of the Wild. You're gonna, yeah. you. I mean, like I know people that go out and buy the PS4 just, you know, to play uh, Spider Man. Yeah. You know, and it's like, uh, it in some sense it seems wasteful or mm-hmm. silly, but it, I think I think that's just my inaccurate perspective about mm-hmm. it. It's like I like I conceive of Netflix as like entry into this world of things, mm-hmm. but it's just paying $10 a month or paying $10 to have the possibility of doing something. Right. And if that thing is a single thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just like, it's it, also yeah, it's actually, you know, like I conceive of it as like a single monthly membership. It's actually mm-hmm. represents, I think economically a choice for thousands of different things. Right. Um, you know, and you know, and like the, that, you know, for HBO, I think it's much narrower. Cause I think they've really focused on how are we going to get people to pay money for this thing for mm-hmm. our content. Um, I mean, this is maybe a slightly different view of things, but I wonder, like, a question for us might be, uh, I think there is a unique link between um, The Last Airbender, Korra, kind of similar team. Yeah. I mean, like you said, things, like, are structured in books, just like The Dragon Princes, a lot of humor. Yeah. Um, thrown in there, things like that. A mix of emotions. Heavy yeah, yeah, light. yeah. Which also, I think, the last Airbender had. Yeah. Stuff. Uh, so they're not really trying anything too new there. They're just bringing it to Netflix. But is there anything that sort of separates what the Dragon Prince is doing? Let from me tell those? you this. Yeah. Right. So I mean, I don't know. I see you smile there. Like th- this is what I thought I would say to you when you said this. Like. <laughs> My opinion about the Dragon Prince when I watched it mm-hmm. was like, and it, it was the same when I watched The Expanse. Yeah, I was like, this is so good, it would never be on television. Mm. Like mm-hmm. you know, because I think about like the shows that I love most, My So Called Life, mm-hmm. um, uh, Firefly. Like Firefly is mm-hmm. famously like it's so good it couldn't succeed on television. Yeah, and I think that you know like the whatever the, like the answer is like it doesn't have broad appeal. It's some of the best television ever made. Well, I mean that's but the, and it, yeah. it also like it never succeeded on television, but it succeeded in the binge world in that in that time of DVDs mm-hmm. when like you could you know again watch them in the order they were intended, mm-hmm. but also like you could get sucked in to that world mm-hmm. and continue watching it and like and in in a few I mean it, it, like its success and popularity is almost exclusively due to its availability. Easily or mm. quickly after its television run on DVD. Mm. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And I mean, it, I, I think it was popular in any sense to some degree, but yeah. I, I think that increased it yeah. for sure. It, it kind of hit at that time that people were doing that a yeah. lot, a lot more. And I'm just gonna anecdotally, I'm yeah. gonna, I'm, I'm gonna make the claim that like most people who came to love it, um, at best, mm-hmm. had an enigmatic experience of it on Fox. And then fell in love with it on the DVD, and then they gave it to their friend, and then their friend fell in love with it from the DVD. But and yeah, they're like, yeah. I, I think I saw like the train job. Something about it, yeah. Um, I do want to say that like so, and I don't know, I don't know how to say this, and I don't even know like what like uh, is the heart of what I'm saying. But what I'm trying to say is, there's like, I don't have a, a non rude way of saying it. Mm-hmm. There's like, an intelligence. To the last Airbender, to Korra, mm-hmm. and and certainly like 
and intelligence and seriousness mm-hmm. um, to the Dragon Prince. Mm-hmm. Um, that in my mind puts it like a lot of the questions are, you know, like perennial. Yeah. Like what is like how do you create peace in a world of conflict? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you deal with people lying? Mm-hmm. Um, and they've always like th- this crew has always sort of interjected those, and and I think like that's what separates children's like children like cartoon bad mm-hmm. guys f- from like fairy tales right you know like there's there's yeah. this appeal to like not just you know, like archetypes and sort mm-hmm. of like classic stuff but like it, it the the questions are riveting and resonate right um, and again this is like if it, this existed when I was a kid in the nineties it would be canceled. Yeah, like, yeah, right. it, like it would, the, yeah. two episodes would mm-hmm. run, and it would it would not be a certain picked group up. of people would love it, but not enough to right exactly because it doesn't have that particular kind of mm-hmm. it's something but nothing it's you know like and I can complain about that yeah. all the time um, but I mean, like yeah. and I so I think I'm talking over you all night tonight <laughs> Eli um, I think that that is like um, I would it, it can kind of only exist in this environment mm-hmm. you know with streaming and and with what Netflix has been doing. Yeah, I mean, I think what I like, what I thought about while we were watching it with my kids is that I appreciate that there's lessons we can talk about. Yeah. But it's not in the sense of like things aimed at really young kids. Yeah. Where it's like, here, now we're going to give you the moral of the story. Right. But like these are characters in this world that are striving to do the right thing yeah. or find the right thing. Yeah. And it's, it's, just complex enough to make it interesting and probably yeah. also for adults to watch. Yeah. Um, but it, it creates a conversation with my kids that's not just like, hey, kids, did you see that lesson at the end right. of the Right, no. I, I, yeah, I, I, it like starts a conversation. I think. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that's because of its, you know, again, uh, because of the way they leave uh, things ambiguous. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that I think is good in any kind of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, Viren's evil, but... Yeah. Like, it, like, is there some stuff that we don't know mm-hmm. about him? You know, like, like, ultimately, why is he striving for this kind of power? Mm-hmm. And the king, like, is he good? Right. Is he bad? Yeah. What exactly is mm-hmm. that? You know, and you have, and you, and like, and you set up these, these really portentous choices. Mm-hmm. Like, Callum runs away from the fight, mm-hmm. and he, that's something he's going to have to deal with. Right. Forever. Yeah. Like, Rayla chooses not to kill Ezrin. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't gonna, right? Right. Um, but there are also... And there's... There's um, ways in which I think they present the, the problem very clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, and they allow you to think about it. Yeah. Like, when the egg falls in the water because, like, Helm doesn't trust Rayla. Mm-hmm. Like, they do mention it twice. Yeah. But it's also, like... They don't give you, like... He's not like, man, if I would have trusted you, then we wouldn't be here, you know? <laughs> right. I mean, he does sort of... He gets to the issue, but he doesn't... It, it's not it's resolved. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, and even yeah, when, like, when Rayla encounters the guy with the, the sun-forged blade, mm-hmm. you know, it's like an interesting, like, she's not bad, she's not good, he's not bad, he's not good, you yeah. know? Um, yeah, that was really fascinating. Yeah. And uh, I just... I, and maybe the world is changing, Eli. I don't know. <laughs> but, like, my experience of... Like good television or mm-hmm. even good movies, when I was growing up in the nineties, mm-hmm. was that they were these precious morsels, mm. you know, like, you know, there, there's that I just sort of glommed onto, yeah, you know, and loved, and I think that mm-hmm. that's part of um, the experience of a lot of people, yeah, you know, when you, 
and some of them are like these sort of classic earlier than me gems like Buckaroo Banzai or mm-hmm. you know or even you know Lord of the Rings or Star Wars like these sort of later, these yeah. totem things mm-hmm. but like there was a whole lot of crap yeah I mean and I, I mean I say crap because I, I didn't like it but like it's like the movies weren't like there wasn't a genre or a demographic mm-hmm. that was economically valuable enough that people marketed to it. I mean, like, yeah. I I mean, I feel all old and whatnot, but, like, there was a time when, like, nobody gave a crap about comic books or fantasy right. stuff or anything. Right. You know, we had Beastmaster, cool, we yeah. had Conan 1 and 2, you know, we had Crawl, mm-hmm. we had the Dark Crystal, we had, like, a very short... Sure, yeah, yeah. Le- Legend. I love Legend, yeah. Um, uh, a very short the Princess Bride a very short mm-hmm. list of these and like there are like you know, there are 15 of them or something like that yeah. um, and uh, they were they were never commercially successful in general right they were all little outliers that we loved and we shared with people but they generally mm-hmm. bombed at the box office with you right. know a couple exceptions mm-hmm. um, and now I think there's just this uh, the reality of streaming mm-hmm. and you know like Netflix's micro um, genres is that like the demands on something like the bar that something needs to pass to get mm-hmm. made and and be successful is so much lower yeah um, and, and and I just like I the thing that I always hated and I don't, I've never been in one mm-hmm. but it's like focus groups and like I don't I mean I, I yeah. hate I sort of hate them in principle right. but like to because I mean I've seen some you know like in watching um, like uh, makings of or mm-hmm. you know the process telling of story um, you know, like the way in which like an idea sort of gets boiled down stuff and my like personal hate of Harvey Weinstein and all the stuff he right. screwed up. Like when yeah. these like traditional people are saying like, well, the only way you're going to make money is if you tell this kind of story. Um, when you change the first part of that sentence is uh, to like, if you recognize there's all kinds of different ways to make money or contribute to like a media outlet's brand, there's a mm-hmm. lot more space for stuff. And I, and then I think that it allows you... Um, a lot more creativity and the counter example for this is like I think disenchantment mm-hmm. which I think is horrible <laughs> and I couldn't watch past the second or third episode I was I was like I didn't get much further when yeah. when does this I heard, yeah, become something that I like towards or the end care about or it's like, ooh, we want to see the naked cartoon girl. <laughs> ooh, the elf is funny. Like yeah. it's horrible. I mean this um, is like one thing that I wanted to bring up, I think in the past on this podcast, I've sort of hinted at, I think maybe too much freedom in the sort of streamer world. They'd be like, yeah, well, you know, like you said, we don't have to reach this broad audience. Yeah. So you can have this sort of sense of experimentation and innovation yeah. and try things. But I think sometimes that can um, make for something that's not very good. essentially like maybe there's not enough checks but i don't necessarily think that that's true always in this case but i think we we see both sides like disenchantment i think was um matt groening's chance he could be like well i can you know a network wouldn't pay for me to do a fantasy animated series but i get to do it on netflix and i get to try new things where it's more serialized the story continues it's not just like one-off episodes um but Maybe it didn't work so well. Yeah, but and I don't it, actually... I don't know if it matters. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. I mean, more power to you. Yeah. I mean, like, because... And again, like, I don't... Um, The problem with Disenchantment is not that it was, like, boiled down mm-hmm. and watered right. out. Exactly, it's, yeah. I just don't think the jokes are funny. <laughs> and I'm sorry, Matt. 
Yeah. Um, and I don't really care about the story at all mm-hmm. or what our, you know, like, again, like the, the most compelling thing is like, do we get to see the naked cartoon girl? <laughs> um, and where exactly is all this going? Yeah. I mean, I um, think there's a lot to say there maybe, but I, I sense, well, I think we're in the midst of maybe seeing what will happen with all this Yeah. because I've heard, um, articles written that, you know, I think originally Netflix's approach was, yes, we are giving these content creators, um, these creative people, um, complete control over their stuff, yeah. uh, that they can kind of do whatever we want. It will find its, you know, niche audience. Um, and that's really what we're going for, you know, or we're like re- bringing these things back, whether it's like full house, they're going to do a, um, dark crystal revival. Yeah. And like you said, those, well, not the full house, but Dark Crystal was not successful originally. Yeah, and but there's but a masterpiece. Like, there's an audience for it. Yeah, but it's you know maybe very small. Yeah, and maybe that's not going to do much for them in the end. That's Netflix. I want you to do it, but yeah, please. Uh, but you know, I think r- lately what I've heard in the news is Netflix is kind of being like, we need that like franchise, big blockbuster things. Yeah. So we are going to sort of back off on just like throwing our money in every direction. Yeah. And we need like what the studios are making. We need our Marvel Cinematic Universe in order to compete with the, the Titanic, studios. which will eventually hit a iceberg yeah, and then yeah. sink itself. So I, I, I don't know for sure if that's what's going on, but I wonder if we'll start to see that where they were like, we're just going to have this broad spectrum of things that's going to catch its little audience and that's why people are going to subscribe and now they're saying like well maybe that's not going to work so much um and and i think for the sake of people like us that's not true because i think it it, for everything that doesn't work like disenchantment there's a dragon prince which does work um which are are not the same thing but sort of in the same fantasy world uh so i think it would be unique to see what happens there. But I, I just wonder, like, I don't know if there's any sort of formula we could exactly figure out. But, I mean, with anything, well, some things yeah, work, some I, things don't, even with yeah. good creators. Yeah. Interesting have have we talked about um, Stretch Armstrong and the Flex Fighters on here? Uh, maybe you slightly mentioned it. Okay, so yeah. I, I, since we're talking about animation, I gotta say yeah. that, like, so they made this show. Mm-hmm. Stretch Armstrong and the Flex Fighters. Yeah. Is this Netflix? It's Netflix. Okay. Um, And it's, like, based on the, you know... Stretch Armstrong toy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really good. Mm-hmm. It's just straight up a great show. Yeah. Um, it, you know, the animation is like uh, pretty cut rate. Sorry, guys. Um, you know, I mean, it's not visually uh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Storytelling is great. Yeah. Um, uh, Stephen Wynn. Stephen Wynn? Yeah, Stephen Wynn plays a character in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and he's also in Voltron, which is, you know, effing fantastic. <laughs> um uh, and um, what they did, I th- maybe talk about it. It was like they had like an interactive episode. Mm. It was like a, sort of like a choose your own adventure thing. I, I think they've done that with a few other. Yeah, things. and so like there's when I think about like like what is the um, unique thing that is offered in the platform, mm-hmm. and that's one thing that like Netflix has, and and, mm-hmm. and I know that they have like a variety of I've read articles about it. You know, mm-hmm. I click on it and the internet tells me about it. Yeah, um, a, a lot of stuff of that plan for the future, like mm-hmm. you know, like a sort of a, a format of. You know, it's usually like yeah. supplemental content, right? Like uh, you know, something that goes yeah. along with it. Mm-hmm. But I think that like um, that platform. I mean, like that platform is cool, mm-hmm. and like that idea is awesome. You, you know, that. like and you know, it, it, to some extent, some of it might end up being like 
old school 3D or SpectreVision <laughs> right. or you know something like it's, it's like cool and wonky, yeah. like LaserDisc, you know, like it's yeah. cool and wonky for a little bit, but it's not ultimately something you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I think that like that kind of interaction to a story mm-hmm. is something that like lots of people have played with. Yeah. Um, but there's never been. I think. I mean, as far mm-hmm. as I can say, mm-hmm. um, like. Uh, Netflix is one of the only platforms where you can actually make it happen with mm-hmm. reliability. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think, and I also think like, I mean, I've done some like VR viewing experiences mm-hmm. stuff that's interactive. Yeah. It's cool. Like the system is way clunky. Like it's like, it's not quite there yet. Yeah. No. I mean, like, I mean, yeah, I have, I, I have like a daydream, you know, so mm-hmm. it's like a sort of a, it's a good, but mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, you need like super fast internet, a super fast computer mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of other stuff, like right. like an Oculus or something, uh-huh. you know, like several thousand dollars worth of equipment mm-hmm. to like even have like the base viewing experience they're going for. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, I'm like, I'm not really immersed well, in this world. I'm sort of yeah. waiting for it to load. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, kind of with this one thing I wanted to bring up is. Uh, I have read about that. So there's this, been this boom in animation jobs yeah. because something like Netflix, early on they got this deal with DreamWorks where they kind of translated a lot of like the 3D animation movies yeah. into like 2D animation um, on Netflix, mm-hmm. like after for the, some of the less popular ones. Yeah. Um, and so they needed people to make those though. Uh, and so they would hire all these smaller animation houses or they would get a lot more jobs, some of these smaller yeah. animation places. And then, so they were hiring people like crazy and that's still happening. So I think that's great yeah. on the one hand um, in many ways because they can, they can have more work and we see – and I always love animation in that way. Yeah. But I wonder, talking about video games too, if you followed like what happened with Telltale Games yeah. recently. What a shame. Yeah. That they dropped off all these people, and so yeah. well, I mean, they're shutting down. They're yeah, going under. Yeah, but they didn't get any sort of, you know, compensation when they left oh, for that time or anything. Shame. Just like dropped off, you're done. Yeah. Uh, and I've heard that that's a common thing in um, the video game world for programmers. That yeah. there's no like security crunch and dump, right? You're, yep. you're either, yep. either like mm-hmm. you know working a billion hours to finish something on time or you're unemployed. You don't have anything. Yeah. So I, I just hope that that's not what's going to happen with animators yeah. too, that they really kind of build up this industry and then when things sort of drop out and, that, you know, if Netflix suddenly says, this is not, you know, productive for us yeah. to keep doing this, um, they're just going to drop out. But, you know, I, I did, like you wanted to talk about Stretch Armstrong, a few other ones. We've talked about Voltron a ton on here, which yeah. is great. Um, Castlevania is coming back for yeah. the second season this, this, is like this month. So yeah. charming. Mm-hmm. I mean, and bloody, but bloody, yeah, so yeah. charming. And charming, yeah. I think there's more episodes in this season. Um, I haven't heard if it's getting renewed, but I've talked about Neo Yokio on here, yeah. which I don't really know what demographic they were going for with that show, but yeah. apparently I fit into it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, ca- I couldn't describe it. Uh, and then I also wanted to mention um, they're really diving into. Uh, anime, yeah, um, in the U.S. market, which yeah. I think is pretty cool. Like, I don't know that we've also seen a lot of sort of like U.S. companies buying directly into anime, um, anime movies or yeah. TV shows and distributing them directly to the U.S. audience that way. I mean, there's been like 
smaller services yeah. or distribution companies, but not widely known like that. Yeah. Um, and, well, I'm yeah. pretty sure they picked up um, Mary and the Witch's Flower. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, which and, happened really fast. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and it was like it was at festivals. It was mm-hmm. out, and then it was there. Yeah. And I mean, like, I mean, one of the like, there's a couple of things we lament in our household is like that you can't stream any of the studio Ghibli films anywhere. Yeah. Um, you yeah. have to buy them, which is fine. It's totally fine. I mean, like, yeah. but it's like, yeah. man, if, like. Yeah, I mean, I would buy I would buy the Studio Ghibli channel. I don't know, like Ghibli, Ghibli, you know, like right, yeah. I would buy that channel. Yeah, like to have yeah. access to like all, all of the, the films all the time. Mm-hmm. So like the fact that, and I don't know if Netflix has an exclusive for Mary and the Witch's Flower, but like that's um, that's uh, Miyazaki's sort of, sort of predecessor. Or, uh, yeah, 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 like you yeah. know, uh, proteges. Proteges. Yeah. Um, and so I'm like, if you know, if they, I mean, it, it's an okay they movie. Get all their stuff. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's not. Mm-hmm. Fabu, but it's good. Yeah. Um, it would be like nabbing that run mm-hmm. if they're going to do a run of stuff. I think it's like really good for Netflix. Right. And I think they got the follow-up, which um, is not nearly as successful, but I think one of the biggest Japanese animated movies was Your Name mm-hmm. last year, and they picked up the um, film from the same filmmaker following that, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't think was as successful. But they're, they're definitely thinking in that direction and jumping in. Um not quite in the animation world, but we've talked briefly about some of the live action anime versions, but yeah, um, made and they just released uh, Bleach yeah. recently, which I think was a little more successful for them. Yeah. Um, which I actually watched was was fun. I wouldn't say it's great, yeah. it's fun. Uh, so I think they we're seeing new avenues at least for some of us that don't kind of want that broad, yeah, broadly spectrum stuff um, featured that we kind of find unique things along the way. Even if, again, some of it's not totally successful, but there's enough there that um, yeah. can be really great. Yeah. Or that we and I mean, I, wanna, like, I just want to say that... Um, I don't know. If I, I, here's what I want to say. It's like Battlestar yeah. Galactica, right? I mean, Battlestar Galactica, the remake, in some sense is like... Um, I, don't, I, I don't know if it's like emblematic of a transitional time, mm-hmm. Um but it, it it is for me emblematic of like everything that's wrong with everything, because <laughs> um, in some sense, like the the op- like the the very the first two episodes, um, mm-hmm. the pilot mm-hmm. in which Edward James almost gives that phenomenal speech, which yeah. frames the show, and the first one, which I think is called Thirty Three. Um, which is like the, when the Cylons follow them every thirty three minutes yeah, are, are two of yeah. some of the like that is mm-hmm. like class A television mm-hmm. you know and like to go into that and watch it and be like this is effing amazing yeah you know like and have my mind blown and, and it's it, a lot of stalling yeah. and like <laughs> and it's never that good like yeah. that is the After best that that, that show gets yeah. and it goes horribly off the rails it's atrocious <laughs> for a very long time mm. before it's like mercifully over right and I think that one of the things that like is different between that time and now is that like even though Netflix might not um, like Netflix that would never happen again mm-hmm. right like I think it's you know it was it was on sci-fi it was like this sort of like come from behind unknown hit you know mm-hmm. I mean they had Zoic Productions doing the this yeah. the, um, space animation which they, you know, the guys did Firefly there's a lot of pieces that went into it mm-hmm. um, but like no one cap I mean no one effectively captained that show ship. Yeah. all the way through right. and I think it's because they just couldn't handle it I mean it was like <laughs> they were they were absolutely unprepared mm-hmm. for something small to go big mm-hmm. and I think that that's something that like 
uh, Netflix is ready for. Yeah. You know, and, and I think, I mean, for me, like, the best example is it is primarily in their, like, animation content. Because, mm-hmm. like, Voltron is fantastic. I mean, yeah. Voltron is literally legendary, perennial, <laughs> for all time, great yeah. television. Like, my kids will watch that show in 10 years and in 20 years, and they will mm-hmm. show their kids that show, and we yeah. will, like, con- like, there are several scenes in the show that we, like, continually talk about that will be touchstones <laughs> in our family forever. It, I, I, yeah. I, I, I think it's that good. The other one is Troll Hunters. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I go on and on about how I effing love Troll Hunters. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, like, it gets even better. Like, it, mm-hmm. it's a great show. And, and um, I think that they, in both of those cases, I think five years ago or 10 years ago, in, in like, a niche cable channel, mm-hmm. sci-fi or, I mean, not, not that Cartoon Network is niche, yeah. but they're, like, niches in Cartoon Network, um, they, would, they would have been a failure. Mm-hmm. Like, they would have not, they would have been not prepared for the popularity of it. Mm-hmm. They would have been, wouldn't have had, like, the production quality, right. and they would have not been able to sustain, uh, like, the you know, narrow focus and quality of it over time. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that you, you know, like... I just remember, like, like in production of a lot of TV shows in the '90s and even the early 2000s, like they're like each new season, and you can see this in The Walking mm-hmm. Dead, which has become absurd. At point. <laughs> you know, like they're always looking like, how are we going to make it the story more interesting? Right. And I'm like, you can it, feel the right. And for me as a viewer, that. I'm like, by the point if you're get if you don't know what the story is, like, what you know, like you're just like, okay, we're gonna it's like okay, Doritos and like flavor out. blast of Doritos and like ultra <laughs> flavor nuclear. You just like. Yeah. You just it's go to 11, and then 11 and a half, and then 12, and then 13. Yeah. You know, but there's no story. I mean, mm-hmm. who cares? And I think along with that, part of what makes those seasons and shows successful on streaming is, like, Voltron, the seasons have different episodes. Yeah. Different amounts of episodes. Yeah. I think Trollhunters kind of did the same sort of yeah. thing. They, didn't they release, like, a one-off or something, too? Yeah. Kind of thing. And uh, it was cool to see... We did watch uh, the Dragon Prince pretty quickly yeah. with my kids, and they were just like instantly like, "Is there more?" Yeah. And it was sort of like they couldn't believe that there was not more. Right? right. Which yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, no, I just came out because we've always been. We're actually not done with Voltron yet, yeah. but we're still like savoring it. Yeah. Um, but there's always like it came out fast enough that there's yeah more. it came out there's always more. Yeah. But they did like change the episode amount, and yeah. I think that's giving. Again, the creative teams behind them, yeah. the freedom to be like, you know, to tell this part of the story, right. we only need four episodes or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and they have that ability to do it. Uh, but, I, I mean, for me, that, that said that the Dragon Prince was good, that they were, like, so excited to see more. Yeah. Um, couldn't wait till it came out, because I don't see that happen that much anymore. No. Um, there is this unique thing... Well, I think it also allows for experimentation. I didn't really notice it, but I've read about that it's uh, computer-generated animation, The Dragon Prince, but they wanted to have it give it a feel of 2D animation. Mm-hmm. And so they intentionally did less frames yeah, you can than see. is normally done. Yeah. And so people were saying, like, it's good in action because it sort of, like, gives you time to process it, too. Yeah. Um, but people saw sort of like jumpiness otherwise. Oh, yeah. I didn't really. Oh, I mean, I can me see ever. it, but I mean, yeah, yeah. but it's, I mean, uh, I like it. I mean, it's like watching, it's different. I mean, whatever. Yeah. I think it looks good. Yeah. Um, and I like as cool as like, you know, like 30 or 60 with motion blur is, mm-hmm. you know, this looks great. Yeah. And I mean, like, I'm, a, I mean, I'm, 
animation wise I'm like old school like Don mm-hmm. Bluth is my man yeah, yeah. Rankin and Bass are my people <laughs> you know and the same, the same reason I like the, I, like, I like the original Tron mm-hmm. it's because like there's artistry in all the parts like it's mm-hmm. someone's hand mm-hmm. you know it's not I mean computers yeah. are great they're great tools mm-hmm. but there's something about like the, the watercolor backdrops in the Rankin and Bass yeah, stuff yeah. that like you can't the texture of that paper mm-hmm. you can't right you can't they, like, or they haven't yeah. been yet yeah. been able to create that for yeah. me Mm-hmm. The texture of the rocks. And I did want to just mention, like, um, I mean, I see, I really like that two D feel that they're going for, yeah. And it, it really looks lovely sometimes. Yeah. Um, I see the sort of shortcuts in how they like have movement in that world and stuff yeah. sometimes. But overall, it looks super professional and like almost like a feature animation. Yeah. Um, and how they do it, but I also love the details in the world. Like Rayla is so interesting. Yeah. And that you can see the little things about or like. Her hair braids, her weapons, yeah. um, the clothing, the bands and stuff like that. Which just like that amount of detail you just don't normally right. get. And th- that thoughtfulness. Yeah, and I think, I think also it comes from the hybrid format. Mm-hmm. Right? Like they yeah. don't, they have to make that band detailed once. Yeah. And then manipulate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas mm-hmm. like, you know, I mean, if you look at like at a comic book, I mean, you have these sort of, I mean, I, I don't know what the term is in them. But, that, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, but you have like. Really detailed pictures and then mm-hmm. just like these weird silhouettes, you know, where yeah. you're just giving the image of motion, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I think that that's... And I mean, you... And they, they also, they're like, yeah, especially when they do like the camera pans, like, yeah, it's, you know, like, it's 3D. When they like pan right. down mm-hmm. and you're like, and, you know, like, this is com- yeah, yeah. computer generated. Yeah. But I mean, like, uh, the action looks great in it. I mean, yeah. like, really jumping through the trees is like really kinetic. Yeah. Um, and exciting. And I gotta say, I mean, there's, there's, there's some... I don't know how to describe it. There's like a, this is what I mean to say. Yeah. Like, there's a point where like when Rayla is facing off with Runan on the parapets, mm-hmm. and I was like, all right, like <laughs> two elves are about to be at the height of their power and nearly invisible and have a battle. Like, uh-huh. this is I, I I revel in the pure joy of this moment. Yeah. Like I don't I don't need. A deadline. I don't need someone who really <laughs> wants something. Right. I am fully set set up to enjoy the awesomeness that mm-hmm. I am about to partake in. And that and, was a really cool effect too. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, this is. I mean, I, you know, there's also like a, um, I don't know, like a casualness and a nonchalance <laughs> about the way the a Dragon Prince presents its really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. That it, it's nice. You know, like yeah. it's like, oh, that's that was awesome. Like, yeah, yeah. It's a giant like, oh, fish, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's not like it's not framed in the structure of the story. Like the big thing is about to happen. Right. The big just thing sort of is happens. about to happen. Yeah. This is the big thing. Mm-hmm. The big thing just happened. Right. Um, and I think um, we should probably wrap up here. Indeed. But uh, I think what Voltron and the Dragon Prince benefit from is like it never drags like no i think they in ingest that humor to kind of like fill in things but it just like accomplishes something with tone that's so good yeah you know like the moment that you're it's like too intense and then like someone cracks a joke and you're yeah. like, oh okay like it's we're still having fun here and just they both shows just balance that sort of perfectly yeah. um and just keep things like zipping along yeah um and invested in the story yeah yeah, I mean, I think too. I mean, I 
I, I can't. I, I would like to look at the actual running length of all of the shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, one of the things that I, I mean, again, technology. One of the things I think yeah. is cool is that, like, um, when you watch Netflix, you can do like the skip intro button, mm-hmm. yeah. and and I think that there, that allows. The, I mean, that allows you to have like a variable, a slightly variable length to your mm. episodes because you can because yeah. you can skip it. it you can, it's a it's a keyframe essentially. You can mm-hmm. skip. We have shorter, longer intros. You can have a shorter or longer show. Yeah. Um. You know, and I. Uh, you know, in, in, in traditional television, like there's mm-hmm. half full and one and a half or two. Like mm-hmm. there's only a few options. You know, yeah. there's twenty. You know, and so I think that there's just there's a flexibility, mm-hmm. uh, even if it's a small flexing in terms of time, mm-hmm. that allows you to that allows the creators to always preserve the pacing of the show. Mm. Um, that yeah, you don't because there's sometimes like you know like there's that feeling at 18 you know like i remember when watching shows like at mm-hmm. like I mean, at 24 when we go to the commercial break i'm like oh my gosh like it's going to have to be resolved really fast yeah um at the end of this thing that you don't that i i think you get freed from and and mm-hmm. i haven't seen anyone do like a 7 minute episode and a 15 yeah. minute episode and a 34 minute episode yeah. but i think that there's uh flex there's a lot more flex mm-hmm. um in the length of stuff that they do which mm-hmm. you know which i think is one of the ways they're able to preserve that pacing yeah and the last thing I'll say that I like about this show uh, is kind of based off of what you were saying about jumping us into this critical moment. Mm-hmm. But what I enjoyed in like talking with my kids about is like we haven't even seen like the elf world or the dragon world. Oh, yeah. And so there's so much like built into this world that we like gets to unfold over time. Yeah. Like they just didn't kind of throw it out there all at once. And one thing I don't like about some modern um, trends is that like they'll have the pilot episode and it will try to like introduce everything about the story yeah in that first episode and I'm just like not like it was like a movie and now I'm like now it feels like slow after this or like just like let that go over time because we lose character development we lose everything I I think I'm I don't know if I'm right about this but this is what I think um, I think actually, like the way in which, like, so I think there's a, a really relevant Netflix part to that, because hmm. and and uh, I'm pretty sure what I'm about to say is correct. Not that I have direct experience with it, but it's the, this yeah. is the following, like, and this we know, like, if you wanted to have a television show picked up by a network, mm-hmm. you know, because there's there's limited like, slots, yeah. you can't mm-hmm. just run your show, right? right. It's not, and, and limit is not often money, but actually yeah. physical like time space, mm-hmm. right? You made a pilot. Yeah. And you had a sketch, a pilot, one or two episodes, and a sketch for an arc, right? Mm-hmm. And so that was the portfolio you put forward in order to get it. And the pilot had to, like, have, you know, because, like, and again, it, it's like you have it on the show yeah. as on public television or, you know, or, you know things people can watch. Mm-hmm. It, you then get, like, feedback from the Nielsen rating, which is coordinated by several small companies, like a few right. handful of companies. You get that data back through your advertisers, and, like, that's how you determine whether or not you're going to go with the show. So and like and and that was also true. I think like one of the best examples of this, I think, is like um, Hunger, Hunger, Games, Hunger Games, right? So like the best parts of that book and series are the first part of the first book and the yeah. arc in general, which is essentially like the calling card. Like that is mm-hmm. how she got approved to write those books and essentially make that film. Yeah. Um, and it shows in the structure of the quality <laughs> of it, and because the, like the the yeah. first like seventy percent of the Hunger Games is as good as any writing anywhere. I would mm-hmm. say. I mean, it's fabulous. Yeah. Ending is horrible, other two are bad. But <laughs> beginning is good. And so I think when you have a situation where you can get the okay and funding to make a show with different standards, mm-hmm. you don't have to 
prove the worth right. of the show by the pilot. It's already been you, bought, you, yeah. like because instead those old pilots are like screen tests. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're like in- encapsulating everything we're ever going to touch on in right. one episode, and you 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 necessarily have to dispel so much wonder mm-hmm. when you do that. Because you're like, because you have like, well, show me a Cylon, show me what the evil Cylons are like, show yeah, me, yeah. you know, like, show me all the what, you know, like, show me all this stuff, um, you know, and that's why like, um, the Dragon Prince feels totally different. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have, I mean, the first episode, like, you have like the background of how we got here, but like, mm-hmm. we don't know where we're going. Yeah, like some elves are probably going to kill the king. Yeah, and the two sons are weird, and there's jelly tarts, but like, <laughs> you yeah, don't know. I mean, that's really true because I think mostly I've seen that trend on network. Yeah. And I, I think they also, like, they don't know where they're going from there. Yeah. You know, like, they have this big arc just in the first episode, and then they're like, oh, now we have to figure out yeah. the whole show, I, but we, like, yeah. already gave you all of this. Yeah. I gotta say, so, I mean, one of, I, I just thought of this the other day when I was talking to a good friend of mine, mm-hmm. um, and it has to do with, like, writing, and I, and I know I, like, go on and on and gush about The Expanse, <laughs> but one of the things that I think is important for, like, writers and mm-hmm. creative people about the story of The Expanse is they proposed it primarily, or initially as a television show, which mm-hmm. nobody went for. Yeah. And then they took that and wrote it and turned it and they novelized it. Mm. People liked oh, that. Yeah, yeah. And then they, like, repitched the TV show again. Same. And I think one of the reasons why that story is so well structured is they had to write it three times right yeah you know they had they wrote it in one format took it to to another then brought it again to that format Mm -hmm. and i think you know if and when i look at like um i mean joss whedon is you know a big fan but like there's Mm -hmm. um he has been an author of like you know he's done uh television movie and um uh, comic books yeah. of you know like and, and Buffy exists in in television and in comic book and Firefly mm-hmm. exists in television and movie and comic book mm-hmm. um, and I think there's a way in which you the the more you have to shift an idea from format to format or rewrite your idea or yeah. revise your idea the That's better true. it gets mm-hmm. and because then you're able to and this is just classic any kind of art yeah. like and that's one of the reasons why I think like your great jazz musicians like Miles Davis and all those folks like you know once they played a standard for so long they were able to like suss out the best parts of it mm. you yeah, know yeah. and and that so that you know you know like it. the 50th time he plays this particular song mm-hmm. he's just giving you the absolute best parts of it as we yeah. did all the rest and i think one of the things i can often complain about which we complain about too is like the like the lack of quality in story writing mm-hmm. but like if you have to tell your story three times or rewrite your story three times it, it like guaranteed it's going to be better than the first time around yeah so, I mean, yeah, if, if those uh, people on Netflix can say, like, well, here's my first season structure, or even two seasons, yeah. like, it's probably going to be better because yeah. they could have that big picture instead of just being like, we got to sell this one episode, you know? Yeah. This pilot episode. And I also think, too, I mean, I don't know what the people are like in Netflix, never worked with them. Mm-hmm. Probably cool folk. I mean, I think that the, you know, like, in the the venue for like a lot of films in the 90s you know mm-hmm. is like a, a you know, like a, a video store you know yeah. i mean like you know i'm not i guess i'm not super dated but like um the idea i mean again like in netflix like the micro genres mm-hmm. like i think that there's got to be like those traditional gatekeepers that you know like red light or green light projects yeah i have a much different view and say like you know, here's this other thing. This is really similar to this. I think there's a lot of quality there. Let's make that thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to like always be proven by the same metric. You know, how many yeah. how many people watch it, mm-hmm. right? Because those, in some sense, like um, when you know 
like Netflix knows who I am. They really know who I am because like right, right. when there was that time when you could like click the movies that you like, yeah, I did that true. for hours. <laughs> so they could right, like right. I'm like and, and they're always like we think you'd like this and I'm like absolutely I do yeah thank you yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know the thing that they're going for like because of the data they collect from their own service is mm-hmm. much different. Yeah. Like they can target demographics, groups mm-hmm. of people, frequency of watchers, all this kind of stuff in a way that you n- never could before. Right. You're just, it's just bodies. It's like yeah. how many eyes do the mm-hmm. Nielsen ratings are on this thing? You know, like, and how does that like influence how we can sell advertisement in the space? Or even, yeah. you know, for cable channels, like how many people are watching us as opposed to the other thing over there, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Great. Yeah. I think we, uh, it was a pleasure. We've talked enough about yeah. the Dragon Prince. For if you now, haven't for seen it, one. go yeah. watch it. It's great. Mm-hmm. We obviously enjoyed it. Yeah. And if you haven't, like you know, take a look at the Avatar, The Last Airbender, mm-hmm. and The Legend of Korra. Two, you know, sort of fabulous. Some of their earlier work. Give you intro into yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. This has been Extra Touch.